In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. I believe, help my unbelief. This is the cry of a father, the cry of a parent, who has tried it all and has seen no healing for his child. These are the words that our Lord has coaxed out of this father. Jesus has descended from Mount Tabor, where his uncreated light was revealed to Peter, James, and John, and he goes to where his nine other disciples are. They are in the midst of a curious but familiar crowd. There are scribes arguing with Christ's disciples and a throng of people watching, a familiar sight in the Gospels. The crowd of witnesses to the argument is overjoyed at Jesus' arrival, and they gather around him and press against him. Then this father speaks up, My son has a dumb spirit. It seizes him. It dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Everyone there was bound in some way by the dumb spirit. All present were unable to speak healing and freeing words and cast the spirit away. Christ, as a result, looks at them and immediately sees the problem. He declares them a faithless generation. But our Lord then asks that the boy be brought to him, that he may regenerate him and cast out the dumb spirit. And this is not all that Jesus desires to do. He also seeks to generate and grow the faith of all those present. The spectators, the father, the argumentative scribes, and his own disciples. Christ's disciples were helpless. They failed to cast out the demon from the boy, and they cannot do this despite Christ having invested them with power over the dark powers. Christ's desire is to cast out the dumb spirit, and he will open all of their lips that they may speak the words of faith, that their faith may grow. The father requests timidly an answer to Christ's question about his son's condition and ailment. If you can do anything, the father says, have pity on us and help us. This is a different kind of request than we have heard in the other Gospels. It's not the request of the leper. It's not the request of Prince Jarius or the centurion in Capernaum or the actions of the woman with the issue of blood. They each knew by faith and declared by word and or by action, both, that Christ was able to heal and that they would make their loved ones whole. However, those present in the crowd could do nothing to command the demon today, to help the poor boy convulsed and thrown around into fire and in water, not even the disciples. The father's request is a weak one. It is more like the shrug of resignation when you have given up hope that goodness can prevail. However, Christ descends to where the people are. He comes down from Mount Tabor and starts from where they are at, where we are at here today, a faithless generation, and he guides them. From this weak spark of faith and fans it by his divine exhalation to a flickering yet small flame of faith. This is the character of our God that is being revealed today. He comes to us 
And Jesus replies to the Father, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Can you hear how he responds with just a small rebuke? Almost a joke. If you can, I am God. (laughs) What kind of words are these? Christ is showing that faith is the beginning of healing. It is a personal faith, a trust in God's power that is necessary. Hearing this, the father of the child cries out, I believe, help my unbelief. These words are not idle. They are not some rewording of the previous cold request for the immediate help to fix a problem that is before him so that he can carry on. Rather, I believe, help my unbelief, is a cry for continual help to have faith. It is a declaration of clinging to Christ, even when that faith is not yet solid. And with this, our Lord has coaxed and fanned the small spark of hope that is not yet faith into that small flicker of flame now lit within the wick of the candle of this Father's heart. The beginning of faith has been lit. The Father has given voice to a state that we are all familiar with. We want to have faith in Christ, but we are stuck and tossed about by a problem. Perhaps this is some passion or maybe some circumstance that is oppressing us and consuming our thoughts and our actions. And we struggle to keep the flame of faith lit in our lives because of this. If this is you, make the boy's boy's father's words your own. With these words, we seek God's help and declare that we can't do anything without him. St. Nikolai of Ordid teaches on this very passage that man by himself, this is what he says, can only come to a slight belief, to a belief in good and evil, or in other words, to doubt in good and evil. But the path for some measure of belief to true faith is long indeed, and no man can follow this path without God's guiding hand. Help me, O Lord, to believe in thee, are the words of the Father. Help me not to believe in evil. Help me to lose lose myself entirely from evil, to loose it from me, and unite myself with thee. This is the meaning of the words, help thou my unbelief. Having obtained these declarations, Christ commands the demon to flee, and then he reaches out with his divine hand and lifts us up, just as he did that boy out of the torturous chaos that is life without following him. He causes us to rise and to stand with him. What I have just described, this reaching out of Christ's hand and us being raised by him, this is synergy between God and human beings. This is how we work with him. This is the doorway to salvation. Faith in God is the beginning of our renewal and of our healing. We must give voice to our desire for God to begin to grow in us. We must desire to have the faith. These small words of the Father attract our great God. Yet it is also true, and perhaps a greater truth, that Christ our God is all along this process of life. He is breathing on the sparks of faith, and by his hand he is protecting that little flame that comes to life. It is sparked in us. It grows and is nurtured by Christ. For within Christ's church, he brings us to himself.
He is here waiting for the faintest hint of faith, which allows us to be victorious in our lives, in our lives as our struggle over sin that thrashes us about to make us whole. He waits to take us by the hand to guide us to rise with him. So my brothers and sisters, how do we do this? How do we nurture the desire for faith and to seek Christ's help continually? Not just when we have a problem that needs fixing. In other words, how do we do our part to notice God's continuous work? To lay hold of the desire to turn from unbelief, which is really none other than the belief that evil is more powerful than God. How do we awaken the flame of belief? What we give is our desire for his healing and his power over sin is then placed in us. Christ reaches out his hand to us as he did to the boy and lifts us from the dust of the earth. Christ gives his divine help and we grasp Christ's hand and rise up just as the boy did. We put forth our own effort to do good and to cling to that aid. So how do we express this truly? How do we say and make that desire to do good? Help my unbelief, O Lord. How do we really mean it? Christ tells us exactly how to defeat those violent and hateful demons who throw us about into the mud of sin and the fires of passion. It is by prayer and by fasting. These two things mature faith and brighten its flame. To continue with what St. Nikolai unpacks for us, he says that by fasting, all bodily passions are calmed and destroyed. The vessel of the body and soul are cleansed of their filthy contents of worldly passions and vices. And through prayer, all the other passions of the soul, of heart and of mind, are calmed and destroyed. Evil intentions and evil deeds, revenge, envy, hatred, malice, pride, ambition, and all the other passions. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit, the grace of the Holy Spirit is drawn down into the empty and cleansed vessel that is your soul and of your body. And the fullness of faith consists in the abiding of God's Spirit in man. We could say it in this way. We grow in Christ by calling on divine aid to defeat sin, and we strengthen our will to cling to him by giving up what is not necessary for our physical bodies. This is what fasting is. Of course, we each take up little by little with the guidance of a spiritual father a fasting regime and a prayer rule. And in this way, grace flows into our prayer and into our fasting. Otherwise, we're merely saying empty words and following some sort of diet. These two things, though, are the divine and loving flame and pillar of the spiritual life. Prayer and fasting are the ways that we cling to Christ and rise up with him. They are the medicine and the means of exercising the passions of the body and of the soul and each supports the other. Prayer is strengthened and extended by fasting, and faith is confirmed by the one and the other. And faith also moves mountains and drives out devils and makes the impossible possible. These two, prayer and fasting, are the watchmen against the passions, and they close the gate of our soul and lock it against the tempters that they may not enter again to cast us down and loose the sobriety, that we lose the sobriety that enables us to cry out in faith, Help me, O Lord, I see no other way but by you. 
These are the means for believers to grow in their faith. It is by fasting and prayer. These build up the foundation of faith and strengthen our spiritual life. I will end today with an admonition from Bishop Dimitri Royster, who was the Bishop of the South for the OCA, and of blessed memory, a man whose body was found incorrupt only a few years ago. So heed his words well. He says, one of the most common self-deceptions among Christians today is that prayer is essential, but fasting is optional. Too often we hear jokes about the ways in which we avoid fasting, but even more often we attempt to justify our failures. Let us learn from this miracle that we must believe with all of our heart and mind, and that faith must be built by prayer and fasting. Both are signs of our complete transformation, a sign of the transfiguration from which Jesus descended and is guiding us back toward to continue with, Saint Demi- with Bishop Dimitri, that we must be, this must be the goal of our Christian life, to be transformed. And they help us to this end. Let us seek to take up these last two weeks of the great fast, and in prayer and fasting, and as a cry to God to grow our faith and trust in him as we take these up. These two pillars and guardsmen allow us to tend the flame in our heart, warming it and brightening your whole soul. There you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, there in your heart. He is within you. Encounter his mercy and be healed and know your Savior. O Lord, who casts out demons by a word, who stretches out his hand continually offering us divine support and aid, who chastens us as he loves us and guides us, the faithless, to faith, we ask that you cause the flame of faith to burn brightly in us and strengthen us to cling to you. Amen.